Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, we've only just recovered from the cyber attack on the HSE earlier this summer, but what if hackers could target the technology in smart buildings? Well, they can, and the results can be catastrophic. However, my next guest, Damien Brown from Standard Access, has developed patented technology to minimise this risk. Damien, will be profiling your company, Standard Access. But first, I'd like to hear about your career journey prior to starting the business. Yeah, I spent most of my life working in construction and in, uh, in real estate. Most of my career as a commercial property owner investor. That's, that's what I did for about 20 years or so before I founded Standard Access. And it was problems that you experienced in your previous roles that provided a light bulb moment for Standard Access. That's right, Carl, yeah. As you know, the recession came in 2008 and uh, it was devastating for the property industry. And uh, I was trying to figure out a way for a few years how I could use technology to eliminate the problems of uh, keys and key holding and, and rent and, and uh, giving access to people remotely and do, trying to do that safely uh, was a big problem. Um, so, you know, everything I was doing was being duplicated across the different sites around Ireland and the UK. And I was trying to think of a way how I could use technology to um, reduce uh, inefficiencies and, and losing money, really. So your initial focus for standard access was around the area of access control. So how did it assist smart buildings in that respect? First day in 2014, I wanted a, a hardware and software solution to manage access and also to collect rent and tie the two together. So if someone paid rent, they get access. If they didn't pay rent, they wouldn't get access. And I also wanted the hardware to be able to bill people for telephone lines and uh, broadband and heating and lighting and that sort of thing. And um, at the time, uh, the, the, the college told me the lot of technology wasn't available at the time and I didn't have the, the resource either to, to do a project as big as that. So we just concentrated on um, access control and monetizing access control using mobile phones. So what are the security threats that are facing smart buildings at present? Well, everybody's heard, I suppose, at this stage of the Internet of Things and IoT. And basically what, the, what that means is that you're, you're, you're connecting a device that would normally be connected to the Internet. So that could be uh, lights, it could be uh, cameras, it could be doors, it could be air conditioning, it could be the flow of water through a pipe and monitoring how fast the water's gone through in case there was a leak or how, or how slow it was gone through. These are all different um, data feeds now that um, people can collect on buildings to see the performance of buildings. And, you know, it's a great, great technology to help people uh, reduce emissions and, and save on power and consumption. Um, but, uh, you know, all these products come onto the market in the last couple of years, but many of the um, vendors and manufacturers of these devices have never thought about security. And when you add a, a device or a sensor onto a, a network in a building, um, you've just created another uh, security vulnerability in your system. Uh, you know, the way sometimes hackers can use uh, mobile phones and they can use computers to get access into, um, into networks of, 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 of companies. Like, say, if you're a bank, for example, security would be a big issue or a health uh, uh, provider. And now the hackers can use these, um, these sensors, tiny little things, tiny little sensors. They can use them now to hack into systems. So... Uh, from the very start, we, um, we uh, were aware of security issues, and um, I, I, I said to the college first day, I said, I said, the most important thing you can do for me, I said, is ensure the safety of people going through doors, that I know who went through the door at any one time. But if I know that, I said, that means my tenants and the people who are supposed to go into the building are safe. But I said, equally as important, I said, the security of the data 
and um, and security of data being transmitted around buildings. So we built the company on those two core values. So what are the core functionalities of your digital spine operating system? Digital spine basically is like uh, it's like a black box for, for a building. The digital spine, the, the black box we're building, is an interoperable, interoperable piece of hardware, a platform for platforms. So at the moment, in a lot of big buildings in airports and universities and big office buildings, they could have six or seven different technologies in use at the same time. They could have one for um, uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. They could have one for the building management systems. They could have one for CCTV. They could have one for access control. They could have, like I said, they could have tenant apps and landlord apps. And all these technologies use different protocols, use different data sets. And they, 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 they operate in silos. They don't talk to each other. And uh, in those big buildings, you could have two or three or four members of staff monitoring these data sets, these dashboards all day long, and taking actions based on the data that they receive. And uh, so what the digital spine is going to do, uh, Carl, is that it's going to convert the most commonly used protocols and data um, into one unified protocol data. So we're building, um, we're standardizing data in buildings for the industry. And it's about a two-year project. We're about six months into it. We're working uh, with the IEEE as well as the Institute of Engineers around the world uh, to help us standardize uh, data for us. So that landlords and people who operate buildings and, and university campuses and things like that, so that they can buy one piece of technology from us, and then it can plug into the old systems that they use, or if they want to add new systems like IoT technology or whatever it may be, they can plug it into this. So we're saying, look, Here's the black box to, to operate your building, and you can buy from any other vendor you want um, using if they're selling you access control or security or CCTV or tenant apps. We don't mind. You can plug it into the system, and we'll give, it, we'll give you all the data back in one, in one dashboard. And I do believe the COVID-19 pandemic actually provided you with an opportunity. Well, it did, I suppose, in that you know, one door closed, another, another one opens, and that um, you know, we've been selling the access control for we, we, we were for five years in research and development, and we finally launched into the UK market in late 2019, early 2020, and then COVID happened, and the market collapsed overnight because all the buildings were shut down. And a lot of the big real estate companies had to reassess their budgets for the next year, two years, because they didn't know when the tenants were, go, were coming back, if they were coming back. And uh, budgets were slashed, and our product uh, being a, a, a CapEx, uh, you know, I, I, I suppose high price uh, technology because of the security built into it and, and all that. You know, it became something they wanted, but they weren't sure if they were, um, wanted to pay for it. So we were trying to figure out a way, is there any other technology within our expertise, what, you know, the knowledge that we've built up over the last couple of years, can we do something else right now to give something to, to the real estate owners that they can use that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg? They could buy off us on, a, on a, an OPEX model, you know, a monthly fee. So that's where the digital spine came from to build a secure piece of hardware that will connect to the owner's existing technology in the building. Um, and if they want to add other technology afterwards, they can. So, you know, we're, we're selling a, 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 a piece of technology that will be the engine for your building. But, um, but, we, but we can afford to give it to the, to the buyer on an OPEX model and not have to pay any money up front. So how does that revenue model work then for the business? So it's a, it'll be a five-year minimum contract. Uh, monthly or quarterly uh, paid in advance, um, based on price per, on, based on the square footage of the building. And who would you define as your target market, both here in Ireland and internationally? Any company that would have a large real estate portfolio, 
So that could be a real estate development company, um, or it could be a company that owns airports, or, or it could be a university campus, or it could be a large corporation, we'll say, like um, uh, Pfizer, for example, who would have factories all over the world, would have a massive property portfolio, and would be using different technologies in each building and in each country, and would want to unify everything across the board. And what level of traction are you getting within that market? We're getting a lot, a lot, of, a lot of interest. Um, it, like the, the digital spine is, is in development at the moment, Carl. We're getting a lot of interest from uh, companies who own a lot of real estate because they, the problems they have is that, like, like I described, for, you know, if, they have a, if they have a HQ in Dublin for the European market, they could have, like I said, they, they could have six or seven different types of technologies in use in the building. And then they might have four or five sub-offices around Europe and in each of those sub-offices, they'll be using different types of technology again. And back in America, they'll be using different types of technology and different types of technology in China. So the fact that we're developing something that will be one unified system that they can plug in. They've already spent a lot of money on technology in each of those buildings, but something that they can plug into um, so it doesn't make the stuff they've already spent money on redundant is very attractive to them. You had secured patents in the US for this technology. How arduous a process did you find that? It was one of the toughest battles I've ever fought, I'd say. We initially went to the U.S. because, because the market is, is enormous. We had a small budget to start for, for IP, for intellectual property, for patent applications. And we were advised to do it in America because um, the European Union can be very, very slow to give um, uh, patents on, uh, on software and hardware. So we went to the U.S. thinking it would be a much faster process. Uh, and, uh, but it ended up taking five years, uh, which came up against um, a patent examiner who um, was uh, was a tough tough guy to deal with, and um, we, um, we we actually thought late last year we thought that um, <clears throat> we weren't going to get it, but I uh, got a phone call in October uh, from our patent attorney in New York to say that uh, it was granted. So it was a nice surprise to get in after such a bad year. Of course, there's lots of exciting developments in the area of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Will any of those developments assist you and help you maybe to integrate it with your own technology in the future? Yeah, we, 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 we use machine learning algorithms and we, and we, we, we apply uh, artificial intelligence as well uh, in, in different parts of, the, of, our, of, our, of our, our products. Um, but uh, with the digital spine especially, um, the, ability, the ability to use artificial intelligence um, with, all it, with a massive amount of data is, um, you know, without artificial intelligence, and well, at, at the stage of that now, you couldn't do that a couple of years ago. But now you can, and you can, you can get to this. You could actually get to the stage, Carl, if, 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 the, if the buyer was interested and um, wanted to really, really go, go at it and see what, what they can do with the data and how much value the data can bring them, you could get to the stage where the buildings could actually get to the stage where they work autonomously. Which would be fascinating, but of course it comes with its own risks as well. And finally, Damien, what are your goals for standard access over the next three to five years? We'd like to become the number one physical data company in the world. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Damien Brown from Standard Access. And I wish Damien every success with rolling out this important preventive technology. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.